Um, well, welcome again. My name is Jeremy, and um, we are continuing a series that we started a handful of weeks ago on our, uh, our vision for 2023 called One Step at a Time. Uh, I hope you've been working your way through uh, this devotional and workbook as together we are um, trusting the Lord to do some wonderful things in our lives and through our lives this year. Um, a quick reminder of where we've come from and, and where we're going in this series. Um, we first started talking about how we feel like this year we are being asked to take a step. Uh, first, we talked about taking a step into the life of the church. So identifying where are you at with Story Church? What, is your, um, what does it look like to be a disciple at Story Church? And identify, hey, what's one step I can take this year Maybe that's becoming a member. Maybe that's becoming a, a regular attender. Maybe that is um, joining a Bible study or a small group. Maybe that's even coming alongside someone else in the church and walking with them as they walk this discipleship path together. Um, two weeks ago, we talked about uh, not only taking a step into the life of the church, but also taking a step in our relationship with Jesus. We, we talked about how um, you know, just like your cell phones need regularly plugged in to charge, that we need a regular time connecting with Jesus um, so that we can be filled up and charged and, um, and engaged with him. You know, he says that apart from him, we can do nothing. And so we talked about what are some habits and, um, and rhythms that we can include in our lives to regularly connect with Jesus. This week, we're talking about the third step. The third step is to take a step toward a non-Christian in our lives. Our vision for the year is that uh, we believe that the Lord wants us to, uh, to mature as disciples of Jesus and make new disciples of Jesus. And that as we do that together, every man, woman, and child that calls Story Church home, that we will all flourish together as we courageously follow Jesus and so we're talking today about taking a step toward a non-Christian in our life. We're talking about how is Story Church going to grow numerically, not just deeper in our faith, but also larger as we invite our neighbors to join the story of Jesus. We're going to take a look at Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. If you have a Bible, would you turn with me there? Uh, if you're using one of our Red Pew Story Church Bibles, Matthew 28 is on page 487. Um, this is the very end of Matthew's gospel, the end of the story of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus and these are the last words that Jesus gives to his disciples. And it's a charge. It's a commission. He's telling them, all right, I am about to leave. I'm about to return to heaven. And now you, as my followers, my disciples, you as the church, you are to go now and grow. You are to go and multiply your faith. You are to go and reproduce yourself in the lives of others so that my kingdom expands on the earth so that the church grows. And it's fascinating if you just take a big step back and look that 
At the end of of the Gospel of Matthew, there are 11 disciples. There are a handful of women. And then within a few centuries, these handful of people, not much bigger than Story Church, have taken the message of the Gospel to the ends of the earth and that the gospel of Jesus spread to countless numbers of people. The church grew. And although there were many variables that came into play of how the church grew, we're going to look at this passage and try to distill the answer to this question. How is Story Church going to grow? How are we going to grow? How is the church going to grow following this commission of Jesus. So this morning, that's the question we're going to answer. How will the church grow? Let's read this passage, pray, and then we'll get into the answer. Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's timeless, that it instructs us, that it encourages us, that it comforts us. We know sometimes your word feels like a kick in the pants. Other times it feels like taking medicine. Lord, we pray this morning, Spirit, would you... um, Work in us and give us what we need. Would you comfort us? Would you charge us? Would you correct us? Ultimately, Lord, so that your glory would be known amongst the nations. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. How is the church going to grow? The church will grow first as disciples make disciples. If you want to take notes, that's the first answer. The church will grow as disciples make disciples. This is the mission that Jesus gave to his disciples. Go and make disciples. We see that right there in verse 19. Go, therefore, and make disciples. What is a disciple? Well, technically speaking, a disciple is a student. That's what the word means, a student, someone who learns from another. In, um, back in Jesus' day, the, the term disciple was often used to describe someone who um, had found a teacher, a, a rabbi, and had said, Rabbi, I want to learn from you. And so then that person would enroll in the school of that rabbi. They'd go to his classes and learn from his teachings. They'd learn what his interpretation of the law was. 
they'd pick up a knowledge of the rabbi. That was what a disciple was. But interestingly, when Jesus comes on the scene, we see that he's the one that calls people to himself. He's the one that calls disciples to himself. And he doesn't say, hey, you have to enroll in a school. He says, come and follow me. Come and sit at my feet. Come and walk the path that I'm walking. Jesus was a teacher unlike others. He brought his disciples in close and said, hey, follow me, eat with me, spend time with me, be with me. And as you spend time with me, you will learn about me. You will learn who I am. You will learn to do what I do. Jesus didn't have a school. He didn't have an institution. He didn't have a program. His invitation to be a disciple was not an invitation to enroll with him. It was an invitation to people to come and follow him and to learn from him as they went along. So the first thing we need to understand is a disciple is not someone who signs up for a program. A disciple is someone who has entered into a new and personal relationship with Jesus. And in this passage, we even get a, a, a little glimpse of all that comes about with being a disciple. We, we see that a disciple is a student. Yeah, a disciple learns from Jesus rather than learning about Jesus. It's important for us to recognize this difference, that a disciple of Jesus is not just someone who learns about Jesus in some biographical way. It's not someone who goes to a, a theological school to learn about him. No, a, a disciple of Jesus is someone who learns from Jesus. I, I happen to have a, a seminary professor. I had the chance to take an independent study with him, um, which is different than a class. So a class, you sit in a room with 40 other kids and you listen to a lecture. An independent study is when you pull up a chair next to the teacher in their office or in the conference room and you open up your Bible with them and you sit together and talk and learn together. It was a great experience. We became friends. He invited us over for dinner with his family. We, we played Frisbee in his backyard as we talked about life and marriage and ministry. It was a great opportunity not just to learn his lectures, but to learn from him, to spend time with him. That's what we see. A disciple is someone who learns from Jesus, who follows him. But we also see Jesus talks about a disciple here, someone who has been baptized. And really, this is a reference to saying a, a disciple is someone who is identified with or who is associated with the community of Jesus. It's someone who has undergone the initiation of identifying with the people of God. That's what baptism is. It's not just a sign and declaration of, of our faith in Jesus. It's not just a symbol of the salvation we have, the cleansing from our sin. It is those things, yes and amen. But it is also a recognition of I am now sealed as a part of the people of God. At Story Church, we baptize both adults and infants because we're saying this child, this person is part of the people of God. 
To them belongs all of the promises of the people of God. The word of God is to them. They're invited to come and pray and to worship and to hear about God. So a disciple is someone not only who learns from Jesus, but now identifies with the people of Jesus. You know, we, we talk about membership a lot at Story Church, and that's yet another way of saying and declaring, I am committing myself to the people of God. I am identifying myself with his church. To say, I'm committing myself to you, and you are committing yourself to me. So a disciple identifies with the community of Jesus. And last, we see Jesus says, go and make disciples, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. So a disciple not only learns from Jesus, not only is identified with the community of Jesus, but a disciple obeys the commands of Jesus. We are in this series of the vision, but before that, we've been looking through the gospel of Matthew. And we're in this unique part of Matthew's gospel where Jesus is up on the side of a mountain giving a sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. And in that sermon, he's giving his followers a new way of living in the kingdom of God. It's a way of love and of mercy, of humility. These are the commands that Jesus says disciples will obey. I was just looking at Matthew 5, and it's like every paragraph, every new section, he gives us a new law. You're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. Don't, ang don't have anger. Don't hate your brother. Don't have lust in your heart. Don't swear oaths and then go back on your word. Don't retaliate. Pray for your enemies. He says, don't lay up treasure for yourself. Don't be anxious about your life. These are not commands by which we enter into the kingdom of God. This is a law of love that our Savior Jesus gives to us because we're the redeemed of God. So a disciple obeys the commands of Jesus. And it's interesting here at the very end of Matthew that one of the commands of Jesus is to go and make disciples. One of the commands that we are to obey as disciples is to go and make disciples. Reproduce yourselves amongst others. Go and invite them to follow Jesus too. Go and invite them from, to learn from Jesus too. Go and invite them to come and identify with the community of Jesus. I love how when we see in the Gospels disciples making disciples, we see some things like this. When Andrew finds Jesus, he goes to his brother and says, come with me and see the one that we've been waiting for. When, when Jesus goes to the woman at the well in John 4, she becomes a follower and immediately goes back to town and says, come with me and see a man who knew everything about my life. Is he the Christ? The model that we see of disciples making disciples is this. Come with me as we follow Jesus together. 
the church will grow as disciples make disciples. That means we need to be men and women who take seriously the call to be disciples ourselves. The church will not grow because of a viral marketing campaign. The church will not grow because it offers the best children's ministry. The church will not grow because the music is top-notch. The church will not grow because the pastor is a charismatic leader. Sure, we all know stories of this or that church that increase their attendance by those things. They're just models of how it works. But the church of Jesus Christ will grow most assuredly as disciples go and make disciples. Evangelism is part of that, but I hope you see that it's just one part of a lifelong journey with Jesus. That is the mission Jesus has given his church. That is the mission he has given Story Church. That is the mission he has given you as a disciple of him. Go and make new disciples. How will the church grow? As disciples make disciples. We also see in this passage that the church will grow as disciples become missionaries. The church will grow as disciples become missionaries. Jesus said in verse 19, Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations. I think we need to unpack uh, what he means by that. He's not saying go and turn the nations of the world into Christian nations. Now that word nation is the word ethne. Go to all peoples. Go to all tribes. Go to all tongues, all people groups, and make disciples of them. Jesus is telling them, you in Jerusalem are now going to go to the ends of the world and meet all different kinds of people. You're going to take this message from Jerusalem and expand it outward until it reaches the nations. And as we read this passage today, um, it might be easy for us to say, okay, I think what Jesus is saying is um, we need to get off our bottoms, we need to raise money, we need to buy a plane ticket, and we need to head to the other side of the world and live amongst people from a different nation and a different tribe, a different tongue, who do not yet know about or believe in Jesus. And then we need to spend all of our days teaching them about Jesus and, and calling them to repentance and to trust in him. And, and if that's how you read it, you're right. He is saying that. He is saying that the gospel will go to the nations because disciples go to the nations. That is, in part, what Jesus is calling his disciples to do. Elsewhere, in this resurrection uh, time of Jesus' teaching, he will say to them, that repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem and then spreading into the surrounding regions and then across national borders into the foreign countries that do not know him yet. 
He is calling some disciples to be cross-cultural, globe-trotting missionaries. There's a fella that lives down in Canton. Um, Some of you know him. I, I know at least two people of our congregation that know this guy. Elijah Brook, he and his wife, Jessie, they are missionaries to Scotland. They're in town raising money uh, to go and be church planters in a town of Scotland who is now part of some of the most unreached people groups in the world. So they're training and preparing and gathering up resources to go and, and take the message of the gospel to Scotland. And these are peers of ours. I think he, he went to CVCA, right? Yeah. There's another lady who lives in Parma. Her name's Holly Wallace. She just graduated from college two years ago. Now she's raising money to go to Japan to work with a church plant in Japan to share the gospel with some of the most unreached people in the world who have never heard of Jesus. She's 23. She just graduated from college. Felt the Lord calling her. Friends, the church will grow as disciples become missionaries. Maybe you will be one of them. But we don't have to go across the world. That word ethne doesn't just mean people groups. We also see that word often translated in the New Testament as Gentiles. And so when Jesus is saying, take the gospel and go make disciples, He's saying, go to the Gentiles. He's telling his Jewish disciples to go preach the gospel to the Gentiles, to the, to the others, the unclean, the people who do not look like you, the people that don't talk like you, the people that don't dress like you, that don't eat like you, that don't live like you. Go to the people that no one else is going to. Go to the people across the barrier that you've set up. racial barriers and economic barriers and educational barriers and cultural barriers and geographical barriers are brought low by the blood of Jesus. The church has a great opportunity to show the world just the kind of peace and unity that is totally unheard of in our world. We can do that here. My buddy, Jacob Pyland, who's preached for me at Story Church, he's planting a church down at Kent. They have a community of, of college students and adults and young kids and townies and visitors all coming together to hear about Jesus. There's a church plant happening in, in Strongsville, Resurrection Church, planting across educational and economic barriers. Friends, the church is growing around the world and in our backyard. But it's only happening as disciples become missionaries. The good news is is that we know how the story ends. Revelation 5 tells us that by the blood of Jesus, he has ransomed people for God from every tongue, every tribe, every people, and every nation and that he has made us a kingdom and priest to God. That's already done. We don't have to do the work of uniting people across boundaries. 
Jesus did that for us. Now we go and proclaim that good news and gather together with his people. But again, we don't have to be missionaries across the world. We don't even have to go to a different town and start a new church. No, we can be missionaries right where we are. Jesus said, go. And it's hard to translate, but it really means as you go, in your going, wherever you go, make disciples. As you go about your life, make disciples. Wherever you already are, make disciples. The Apostle Paul in Acts 17 reminds us that it is God who has determined and set the times and the places of our dwelling. You might think that you moved into your house because you had a good deal on the market and the time was right and you jumped at it. You might think that you have your job that you have because you asked for a promotion or a new uh, job came up and you switched. No. God is the one who has determined where you live and what you do and when. He is the one who has determined all of that. It is no coincidence that you work next to your coworker. It is not a, an accident that you happen to live next to your neighbors. It's not a fluke that you spend time with the people that you spend time with. These have all been ordained by God for his glory. So what does that mean? It means that God has commissioned you as a missionary to them. He has commissioned us as missionaries wherever we are and among the people that we're already among. You don't have to sell everything you have and jump on the plane and go to the jungles of Asia to fulfill the Great Commission. Although if you feel called to that, let's talk. No, it means that you can be part of this mission here and now in Cleveland. The church will grow as disciples become missionaries. Have you become a missionary? Do you see yourself as a missionary sent by God? Do you think of the people around you already in your life as being ordained by God for you to love? This week in our workbook, section three, you are going to be asked this question. Who is one person in your life right now that you can commit 2023 to? Who is one non-Christian already in your life that you can be praying for, that you can be talking to, that you can be loving and serving? This person is already in your life. God has already figured all that details. I'm not asking you to start a new relationship. I'm asking you to commit to one he's already given you. The church will grow as disciples become missionaries. Finally, we see not only will the church grow as disciples make disciples, and the church will grow as disciples become missionaries, but the church will grow as disciples depend on the power of Jesus. The church will grow as disciples depend on the power of Jesus. Imagine for a moment that you are one of these 11 disciples. 
you are standing before the resurrected Jesus, the, the guy that you saw die and then you saw come back to life. Um, a group of people who are uneducated, they're really unskilled, they're, they're not wealthy by any means, they've never really journeyed beyond the borders of Israel. They're not comfortable talking with people who are from other religions and backgrounds. And now, Jesus is saying, you need to step outside of your comfort zone. You need to go talk with people you've never talked to. You need to share with them about me. You need to tell them that you saw me die, and then you saw me come back to life. And you need to tell them that he, the one true living God, is the only way to have abundant life. And that they need to leave their own gods and believe in him. They felt scared. They felt small, underprepared, inadequate, incapable of doing any of it. And therefore, Jesus gives them comfort in the midst of that fear. And he gives us comfort in the midst of our fear too. He says in verse 18, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. All authority. All authority in the heavens, in the spiritual realm. He says, I have just defeated the power of sin. I have just defeated the devil. Death cannot hold me. I now sit supreme over the entire spiritual realm. I have authority over all the rulers and powers and principalities that really do operate behind the scenes. I am victorious over them. I have all authority. I have all authority, not only in the heavens, but on the earth as well. I am the king of kings. All the nations of the world will bow down to me. I am the one through whom and for whom the world exists. I now sustain the world by the power of my word. I direct the affairs of men who laugh foolishly thinking that they are in control. Jesus says, I am the sovereign one. I control the destinies of the nations. I control the destinies of the peoples. The world is mine. Now go. I'm sending you out there. Proclaim the good news. And if that wasn't enough to comfort them, that the one who has all authority is the one who sends them, he continues. Not only do I have all authority, he says in verse 20 that he is promising to be with us till the end of the age. He says, I have promised to be with you. And we know that he, this promise is fulfilled when he sends the helper, the Holy Spirit, the very Spirit of Christ 
who will be with the disciples. Jesus says, the Spirit will remind you of all truth. The Spirit will guide you in the path that you should go. Elsewhere, when he commissions his disciples, he says, but wait in Jerusalem until you receive the power from on high. Why? Jesus is saying that we are so unfit and unable to do this mission on our own that you must wait for his power in you to do it. Only then, only when we are reliant upon him will the church grow. The church of Jesus Christ will not grow in our own strength. It won't grow by our own efforts. It will not grow by our own imaginations. It will not grow by our creativity or our plans or our visions. Jesus says, if you want the church to grow, it will grow by grace, by you depending on me, by you relying on me. You will grow because it is me who is working in you and through you. It is me who you must turn to again and again and again, for apart from me, you can do nothing. So what does that mean? How do we as disciples of Jesus depend on him? I'm going to get real practical. We have to pray. And that, that's really the baseline of this step. Identify one person in your life who you can be praying for. Pray for them every week. Pray for them every day. But pray for them. That can get pretty boring over the course of a year, so I'm going to give you four things that you can specifically be praying for. Write this down. Pray for courage to do what is uncomfortable for you. Pray for the courage to speak when that time is right. That's, that's all under courage. Pray for the courage to, to listen when you need to listen. Pray for the courage to be bold with the truth of the gospel. Friends, we know that it it is alone. The gospel alone is the power unto salvation for anyone who believes it. So pray for the courage to boldly present it. Pray for clarity. I know that it's hard to talk about Jesus with people. I know that it can be off-putting. I know that it can be awkward. I know that it's not something that happens naturally. I know that one of the greatest fears that we have as a church is not knowing what to say. It's being afraid to say the wrong thing. Being afraid not to have an answer for their questions. So Jesus said the Spirit is the Spirit of truth that would remind you of all the things the Lord himself taught you. So let us pray for clarity. Let us pray for truth and for wisdom. Third, we need to pray for doors to be opened. This is what the Apostle Paul asked for prayer for. He asked the church of Colossae in in chapter 4. He says, And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ. 
Let us join that church and the churches around the world throughout centuries and pray that God would open up doors for us, would give us opportunities to speak, that he would give us windows and conversations to encourage, that he would give us opportunities in our relationships that we might confidently and gently offer the truth of the mystery of Christ. And finally, let us pray for the Spirit to move. I think that perhaps the greatest fear is that we know that this is outside of our control. Consider for a moment how you became a disciple of Jesus. It wasn't because you were more moral than others. It wasn't because you were more educated than others. It wasn't because you were more worthy than others. It was because in God's infinite wisdom and love, he looked upon us in our helpless estate that we were dead in our sins and he poured out his love. He brought us from death to life. He washed us clean of our sins. He's the one that covered us with his righteousness. None of that was our doing. All of that was the work of God through the power of the Spirit. We cannot save anyone. No eloquence of words, no power of argumentation. But what does save someone? The Spirit of the living God who regenerates our hearts, who gives us new life. So let us pray for that. Let us pray that the Spirit of God moves in their lives and brings them to new life. Friends, if the church is going to grow, it is going to grow as we depend on the power of Jesus. And above all, we will grow by his grace. Let's pray.